Hello, comedy fans. David James is a Philly-based stand-up comedian who will be here in town in Austin at Cap City Comedy Club this weekend, performing at The Red Room. Tickets can be purchased at capcitycomedy.com. And what's up, David? Thank you so much for the time. How you doing, man? Good, good. How you doing, man? Well, it's a loaded question you just asked. I got fired from my day job a week ago, but I'm not saying that for any sort of uh, sympathy. I'm saying it because much like you and plenty of other stand-up comedians, me as a uh, radio slash podcast host, uh, my life is the bit at times. So I set that up by asking you, have you ever been fired before? It being your doing, and if so, what was the rationale there? Yeah, I got fired um, probably my, I want to say it was uh, my third job ever after uh getting out of college i got fired yeah um it was a paper company uh they were like uh, it's a sales job and uh i remember going there and then they gave me like a you know a guy to train under and then uh he told the boss that he refuses to train me Why? and then um and so then um i'm there for maybe a, maybe almost a week and then uh i catch the flu and at this point it was a can we say what we want to since it's a podcast Hundred percent. All right, cool. Yeah, so um, I got the flu, and it was one of those flus where I just like involuntarily shit myself a couple of days. Oh fuck! And so I was telling them, I was like, I could come in, but <laughs> I'm at 103, and I just ruined three pairs of pants, you know. <laughs> and so uh, then uh, it came back this whole thing where they were like, Oh, well, you're not fitting. Our dress code was the next thing to come up after that. And so then I pull out the manual. And I was like. Oh, well, the pants that I'm wearing, these khaki pants, uh, it's in the dress code. And also, three guys I just walked by wearing the same type of pants. So what else you got? Yeah. So it was like a clusterfuck from the get-go. Yeah. I just regret not quitting like a psycho person. If I could go back, I would have quit like a psycho. I've had one of those in my life where I read like a manifesto over the air at a previous stop. And uh, it's something that I still hear about 20 years later. So that's definitely a fun route to go. If you ever get the chance and you are having to work another uh, shitty office job, you should uh, you should do it, if nothing else, so that the end result could be that. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's my biggest regrets in life is not leaving jobs like as a complete psychopath and becoming a legend. So what is it about yeah. anybody who uh, who lives or is from Pennsylvania has to work like a Dunder Mifflin type type job for a week? What was going on there? Uh, no, that was just something that I took. I was working probation parole and then I switched uh, to the sales job because everybody probation parole is just like, yeah, we're poor and we're never, ever going to make any money. And we're dealing with crazy people 24 seven. Yeah, you maybe try and get into it to help people. Then you realize, holy shit, there's a lot of people who are just incapable of receiving that assistance. Well, it's like it's that and also like um, just the system, you know, like uh, they're, they're, thankfully they changed it. So they would like do like specific types of probation parole for people. So if they were drug and alcohol addicts, they'd be like, you know, you know, drug and alcohol, like um, drug. They call it like drug courts or something like that. Or if you had mental health problems, they put you in like mental health court, you know. But back then, it was just like everybody was just like, so I would have like someone who wants to go to Washington, D.C. to go visit President Bush, you know, or you'd have somebody else who's just like, you know, a sex offender. And then you'd have someone else who shows up to every meeting drunk because they can't stop drinking all day. Otherwise, they get sick. So it's like you got all these people that you have no training and specializing, you know, trying to help them out, but they just lump them all into one caseload. Well, it sounds like things are in a better place than if they've started to figure out how to compartmentalize it a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like uh, they tried to call it the uh, 
what they call it, the hug a thug courts. But uh, you know, that was just like the old school thinkers. You know, it's just like it's like no, we're wasting our time doing it the way we are right now. So you got to do something where you're just separating these people as far as their specific needs, so you don't see them over and over again. Because that's all it is. You know, they they violate, they come back, violate, come back, and if they do make it off, they'll catch another charge like within a year, so they're back in again. So. You know, if you keep on doing the same things, people are going to keep on coming back to the system and staying in it. Unfortunately, a vicious cycle. So I've had a chance to check out your uh, some clips of your stand up over the last few days. And I love stand up and I'm a fan of uh, of what you've got to offer. It's some personal life stuff. It's some observational humor as well. I will say this, though, in researching for this interview, I didn't see a whole lot about you online. No, uh, no obvious website or anything. So uh, what's your story here, man? How long you been in stand up and how big a deal is it for you to get to come to Austin to perform this weekend? I've been stand up for about 15 years, but I didn't start taking it really seriously as far as something I could really do until like right before the pandemic. Like I made an album like a month. I want to say I made an album about two months before the pandemic like, really hit. And so at that point, like, um, things were starting to move for me, you know, and then, you know, pandemic just erased everything. So Terrible yeah, the, yeah. as far as the internet, I'm, I'm self-admittedly horrible at the internet. So it's like, I, I make, I put a lot of videos out recently, but it's like something I gotta make myself do, right. you know? And also it's like, when I see like, um, I, one thing I refuse, I don't like Twitter or TikTok. I can't do either one of those. TikTok is yeah. obnoxious. Twitter, Twitter is a... As my friend puts it, it's just the digital bathroom wall. But I think there's ways to use it to your advantage where you get in, get out, and don't get caught up in all the bullshit commentary. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, uh, for us comics, it's kind of different from as far as a creative because for me specifically, if I'm on like, if I see TikTok or Twitter or something like that, and I'll see like, oh, this person has like, you know, thousands of followers, and then I'll go do a show with them and they're horrible. You know, or even people, they might have millions of followers or like a TikTok star. And then like, they'll go to a comedy club because they'll sell out, you know, because all the TikTokers will go watch them. And then they'll leave the show all angry. Like, this was horrible. It's like, so you thought someone that was funny for 15 seconds was going to be funny for an hour. Yeah. And all these TikTok videos you're watching, none of them are stand up. So what did you think was going to happen? This person's like twerking and dancing. You know, you think that's going to translate to stand up? No, it doesn't. So you uh you're you essentially just said that you didn't spend the first 12 years of your stand up treating it seriously enough. Was there something that clicked for you or did you get good enough at it to where you realized that you needed to put a little bit more focus in it? What what was it that caused this uh this shift for you? Well, I was also still working full time in a government job. Um and plus I think it's the combination of getting sick of that and also I got to a certain point where like people were really saying things about, I guess, my, my standup, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like, I should be able to do this like full time or should be able to pursue it full time. Yeah. So it's also, it's also like, once you're hearing that from veteran comics, you know, guys who are like selling out doing clubs, they've been doing standup for 30, 20 years and they're telling you that, then it's like, okay, that's like the validation from not just your friends or whatever, but like people who don't have to tell you that, you know, it's just something they're telling you because they mean it. And Philly has some hilarious dudes, well-known dudes, obviously, but they've got a good oh, underground yeah. scene as well. The uh, the big Jay Okersons of the world, obviously. Shane Gillis is a guy who's yeah. uh, really blown up over the last few years. Is that somebody that you've performed with uh, in Philly over time? Yeah, yeah, Shane. I'm, I would see we'd probably be on the same shows, maybe like once a week going to open mics and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know Shane really well. 
Big J, um, I know uh, somewhat we did a show in uh, Buffalo, New York, maybe like a year and a half ago. And I think I posted a video of that where there was just like drunken blue collar people showed up. They were just drunken out of their minds. Like all of them smelled like eight packs of cigarettes. And they just started like heckling. And like my entire set was basically just destroying the hecklers in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. What a, they, what a, yeah. They what a, almost had a little bit of a mini riot against me when I made a Super Bowl joke. Oh, my God. What, did you bash on Scott Norwood or something? No, the joke was, uh, well, I'll probably be talking. Well, I, I grew up in Texas for a little bit. And I left when I was maybe 12 years old. Okay. Where so, in Texas? Um, Houston area. Okay. Yeah. So I have like a perspective where I have tons of family who are in the Texas and never left and never will leave. So, once you leave a certain place, I think it's cool to like come back and you see all the crazy stuff that you didn't think was crazy until you left. So the bit was talking about the Alamo and I was like, why are they celebrating these 300 idiots who could have just left, you know? And those joke was like, you know, I can't remember how many soldiers are coming. Let's say it's like 5,000 of um, the Mexican army was showing up. There's like 300 of you. You're like, you're not the 300 Spartans. You're just 300 rednecks who have the opportunity to leave. You know, I was like, if, if 5,000 of anything shows up, I'm leaving. Like, if they said 5,000 midgets are showing up, I'm still leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure I could kill a lot of midgets, but after 5,000 of them, I'm still leaving. <laughs> yeah, so the joke was talking about why are people celebrating the Alamo and they have Remember the Alamo t-shirts. And I was saying the Alamo is uh, Texas is 9-11. And, um... Oh God! What a great. <laughs> but I was saying, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I think the, I think the line specifically was, why are you, re why are you wearing Remember the Alamo T-shirts? Everybody died. Like you lost. It wasn't even close. That's like people in Buffalo, New York, were wearing Remember the Super Bowl T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's when the entire room blew up. <laughs> Did you give that specifically for the Buffalo crowd? Like, is that a joke that you would rework for, uh, for the city that you're, you're you doing? Know what? It was a very old joke that I would just do anywhere, you okay. know, because yeah. there's still there's still common knowledge of Buffalo lost four Super Bowls in a row for you know a while. But um, I think I kind of forgot about the joke and yeah. I hadn't done it in probably eight years or something like that. And then once I was around these drunken idiots, I was like, I'm going to destroy everyone here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what brought it out of me. Yeah, that was awesome. So are you going to yeah. tell the Alamo joke here in Austin this weekend? You almost have to, right? Um, I don't know. I might. There's like some other trashing on Texas uh, material that I got. But also it's like Austin's what, I, what I'm hearing. Um, I mean, I haven't been to Austin in a couple of years, but it's more they're saying it's a purple city now, you know, or more of a blue city than any other city in Texas. Um, you know, you can actually make that argument for Dallas and Houston now, too. But I'd say Austin mm. is, is probably the bluest. The thing about Austin, though, is it hasn't like the extremes of whatever whatever side it is that you represent are obviously just complete idiots. And Austin definitely yeah. has uh, progressive left-leaning tendencies, but I think there is uh, a craving for independent thought here as well, and also people who are willing to have mm -hmm. conversations. So you have some some nutso people on the left, and honestly, you have some nutso people on the right too when you get to the uh, the fringes, the uh, the outer limits of the suburbs and whatnot. But uh, Austin is a place where people are happy to come together and share their differences. And I feel like that's honestly a big reason why Austin is starting to become a, a stand-up mecca here in the country, too. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. 
Joe Rogan and some other yeah. people like that moving here uh, helps out. But like Creek in the Cave, which was in New York for a long time, is here and they're putting on incredible shows. Rogan's opening a place up. You have another spot on Dirty Six that uh, called Vulcan that has done a great job. And then Cap City. Mm. Um, I am a longtime fan of Cap City Comedy Club. I, I went to a ton of shows there yeah. uh, at the old place. And it's, you know, it was in a weird part of town, but it was still a great club. What the Helium people have come in yeah. and done and bringing that club back and doing it in the domain, which is a really cool area. And just like their understanding of how to set up a badass club. I went and saw Jeff Ross there like three or four weeks ago and was completely blown away. I mean, it's way better than the old space rest in peace. And you can just tell that there are people who understand what they're doing with regards to making sure to present really good comedy to the people. Yeah, I've been to the old place. I remember, I think it was next to, a, um, I almost said a DUI place. It's next to, a, uh, I think it was a driver and learning place or something like that. It was like in a little shopping mall strip. Yeah. Defensive driving place. place. Yeah. There's a pawn shop. Yeah, yeah. There. There's a fucking payroll place, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was definitely in a yeah. dodgy part of town. Um, but so I was a friend who was at the New Helium last week, Blake Wexler. So he uh, told me that uh, the area that the New Helium's at is just like a lot of bars, restaurants, shops. You know, things like that. So uh, he says it's, you know, there's more things to do, but it's like 20 minutes outside of the city or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is separated from downtown a little bit. It's almost turning into like its own mini downtown, though. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're in for a trip. Yeah. And I assume since you used to live in Texas for a long time that you've done the Texas circuit as a comedian, hopefully in the recent past. Have you done the Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio bit? I've never been to Dallas, which I'm interested in doing. I've done Houston, I've done San Antonio, and I've done Austin. Okay. Yeah. Is there any one of those that you like performing in the best? Loaded um, question, I know, with you coming to Austin. I'm trying to think. I mean, I used to like – Austin was always cool, but, like, it was just like, you know, after the show, you're just in that strip mall. So it's like you're just like – you're just like, I got to get out of here, you know. <laughs> but, like, a lot of the comps are cool. Like, they would all take you downtown and go hang out downtown in Austin. So hopefully I'll do that again uh, this weekend. Houston, um, everything's all spread out in Texas. That's the thing people don't really know about Texas. Like, everything's really spread out, you know? So it's like uh, people will actually hang out at their local place, you know? Like, here in Philly, like, I go downtown. I live in the city, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, people will travel to the city to go do things. But in Texas, most people just stay in their own little area. They have no really need to try to go downtown as much as other, like, northeast cities will. Like, um, San Antonio was very cool. Um, I did have some emotional scarring. San Antonio, one of the last times I was there. What's that? The Alamo? Yeah. Uh, no, it was yeah. <laughs> Once I found out the Alamo wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> um, I I did a show. It was New Year's Eve. For some reason, no one showed up to this to the New Year's Eve show. Oof. And so there was like maybe thirty people in the crowd, which I've never ever seen in a New Year's Eve show. They're always sold out, and um, and I'm like by myself. And so I'm like, this sucks. I'm not going to hang at the club. So I go back to my hotel room and I'm like, I can't spend my hotel room and New Year's Eve in the room. So I say, okay, let me just walk to the Applebee's across the street. So I walk to Applebee's and Applebee's is sold out. <laughs> so the comedy show is not sold out, but Applebee's is sold out. And they tell me I can't get in. So I'm like, <laughs> like it's a Miami nightclub, you know, like Applebee's is sold out. And so then I had to walk back to my hotel room after getting declined at Applebee's. And um, I went on Tinder and I convinced some random chick to come by 
And her photos, when I saw her walk up in real life, because I could see her walk from the parking lot from my hotel room window, oh. it looked like it looked like she ate the person in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just started taking shots of vodka, trying to get my my spirits up. And she's like, "Why are you taking shots?" I'm like, "You you want to know why? Have you seen yourself?" That's <laughs> like, and I just got the client from Applebee's. This is totally the time to take shots. Yeah, then she started talking about she lost custody of her daughter and that she thinks Beyonce is overrated. I'm just like, what is going on? So that I just pretended that I that I had diarrhea that she should leave. <laughs> yeah. The diarrhea bit. It's I a... just like went to the bathroom. Yeah. I just went to the bathroom. I was like, I don't feel good. You should probably go. <laughs> just like, yeah, it was ex- it was the saddest night ever. The diarrhea yeah. excuse to get you out of bad tender dates and uh bad paper jobs too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah so uh you just yeah. mentioned something that you love about philly the fact that everything is right there you can walk from point a to point b i lived in chicago for a little while it's one of the things i loved about that city too like the neighborhood feel of it not that there's not plenty to love about austin as well what's something about philly that you're not crazy about as somebody who's lived there for a while now uh the children the children i hate all the kids um i don't care about any of the children I just wish we could deport them to somewhere else. Um, there's also ATV and motorcycles who are constantly in the streets and they run every red light. They take up traffic. Sometimes they will be like as much as like, you know, 200, 250 of them, you know, in a procession, just like doing whatever they want. Uh, it's constant. Yeah. It's everywhere in the city. Yeah. Just guys on four wheelers. They're all like doing the popping wheelies and, you know, like they're on a rodeo and stuff like that. You know, so that that's that's probably my second biggest pet peeve besides the children in Philadelphia. So yeah. much so much like me, at the rodeo where I'm rooting for the animals and for the, uh, the I'm rooting for the animals and for the humans to fail. Are you rooting for these jackasses who are doing wheelies on the four wheelers to fall into the street? I have a I've kind of I've always wanted to see it. You know, I'm hoping to see it eventually. But also like an evil part of me is hoping there's just one psychopath who had a bad day. You know, like he just got fired. Like he found out his girlfriend's cheating on him, you know, like his dog's at the vet. And he just sees these assholes and they just keep running red light after red light. And he's like late to be somewhere. And he just guns his Prius and just rolls over as many of these as possibly can. <laughs> like I'll fantasize about that and start laughing to myself. And I was like, yeah, it's a good psychopath fantasy. Yeah, I was like, just thinking that I wish I could see that just made me smile, even though it would be horrible to see someone get hit by any vehicle. But I was like, yeah, I'm just praying for one psychopath one day to do the right thing. I think there's something special about a Prius running into a four-wheeler, too. Because let's be honest, oh, yeah. I don't know who's actually going to win that battle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, that's the humanity side that I have. You know, I didn't say bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> means I'm a good person. Oh, man, that is hilarious. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for the time today. He is David James. He's going to be at Cap City Comedy Club this Friday through Sunday, performing in the Red Room. You can go to capcitycomedy.com for tickets. Uh, David, really appreciate the time, man. Best of luck with things and have fun this weekend. Thank you, buddy. Come by the show. We'll uh, work on your Indeed profile. Try to get you some new shit. (laughs) I need the help. Thanks, David. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks to Gentleman Jesus for the intro and outro music. Hear more of his work at GentlemanJesus.com. 
Thanks to Joshua Bates for the video editing. If you have any video editing needs, hit up up on Instagram at Forger Digital. And thanks as always to you for checking us out. You can watch, listen, learn, and connect for free at booksonpod.com. For Books on Pod, I'm Trey Elling. Good day.